Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. We are here listening to WSQF 94.5 FM Blink Radio here on the Epic Talks show. My name is Melissa Wagi, the host of the show, and I have the honor of having one of my really good friends here, DJ Thelian, <laughs> former league <laughs> baseball player. And he is here as my guest, and we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship and how he went from playing in the major leagues to now becoming a a world-renowned real estate investor, coach, and just an amazing human being. DJ, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's so good to be. God, you have the best. You have a radio voice. You're a natural. (laughs) My God. Holy cow. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) New career. Yes, right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A little bit of everything. So, DJ, um, I want you to tell us a little bit about who DJ Thelian is, your background, and obviously we're going to go talking into, you know, how you got into playing professional baseball, and from there you made a a huge decision of leaving that career for something personal, and yeah, just... uh, Yeah, I mean, you know... uh I grew well. I grew up in, uh, as you know, but for the listeners, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, single mom, no dad in the picture, which really was a was a driving force to be the dad that I didn't have. So, um, but growing up, you know, I was raised by a single mom, uh, no dad in the picture, and um, grandparents helped out, right? The Italian, the Italianos. So um, uh, that was awesome. Had a lot of love, but we're very poor financially. Um, didn't have a dad, had some abuse, had ADD, freaking hated school, um, was a, you know, C minus D plus student. So for me, you know, and I tell a lot of people now, like, man, you're so blessed to grow up in this environment because this was, this was really like, I would have loved growing up in this environment. So growing up, you know, uh, Melissa, I had a lot of those uh, things and kind of like what we talk about is when when we're younger you know a lot of times we feel like the blessings that we or the curses that we have um are just that right they're like why am i why you know my friends can afford to play video games why can't i um well um why can't i you know i don't have money to uh, take the bus Mm. right my mom never drove um, so we were like walking everywhere, riding our bikes everywhere back in the day. So, so really, but but fast forward many years, and all of those things that growing up, right, that not having money, um, that caused that was a blessing because it taught me to work hard for money and mm-hmm. appreciate the money mm-hmm. when I did make it and mm-hmm. to invest it. Um, uh, growing up poor, right, taught me at ten years old. Uh, one of my brother's best friends, Raymond, uh, showed me how to play video games with pennies, which I'm okay. not going to share on here. <laughs> but um, but pennies. At 11 years old, I learned how to play Donkey Kong Asteroids with a straw, right? Like I was I was um, because I didn't have the money, right? So I I learned these things, and then I would like. Uh, tell my friends like, hey, I'll get you 10 credits instead of they get four for a dollar. I say, hey, I'll get you 10 for a buck, right? So like for me, that was like a hustle before anyone talked about That was the beginning of your entrepreneurship. That was the beginning of DJ, (laughs) yeah, the entrepreneurship. (laughs) Thank you, Raymond. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Raymond Sally Goomba, my brother's best friend. Uh, But, you know, at but at an early age, um, it was a blessing because it got, I was, I was very wired to think differently. And I didn't realize, you know, at the time, right? Because you, if you're in school, 
Um, and I was wondered like, man, I just freaking hate math, right? Like I just don't want to do it. And then, but then, you know, you feel, I don't want to say you, you grow up feeling not stupid, but kind of like, uh, not that, enough, it, not, not enough. enough. Yes. Yeah. And so I just want to get outside and play basketball, yeah. right? Like, like screw math. I don't give a shit about science. I want to get outside and play hoop. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, um, what happened was it, it led me, um, you know, growing up that way, uh, not having a dad led me the, the curse, what I thought, right led me to actually be the dad that I didn't have. You know, ended up leaving ball, which we'll get into. Um, Raised my son his whole life, coached him in all his sports. Now he just turned 26, uh, April 1st. Um, And he's a little (laughs) on April 1st, I know. That's that's my life. Um, But, and now he's a, a successful entrepreneur himself, right? Figuring that out. So I think that um, a lot of times people, we, we when we're younger, even in our 20s, uh, you know, we, it's so easy to to beat ourselves up and to really let things get us down and to feel like, man, why do I have to go through this? Why? And what I want to tell the people listening is, you know, you, you don't see it now because you don't have enough life experiences. But those things that are a challenge now, if you choose to let them be a blessing, will end up being a blessing in the future. You just don't know it yet. So just, you know, just know that I think is a is a big, big way to to live life because it's so easy to go, man, why am I not? My brother was very smart, right? So my brother was was the A student. I was the DC student. Um, I had a, a, a little more God gifted athletic ability. Um, but ultimately, it was just it was one of those things that I didn't realize till I got older. And, that, and then I could look back and reflect and kind of go, wow, this is, this, is, this is why I went through that when I was younger. So now I can have an experience and in, in impact other people's lives. Because if I hadn't went through that, I wouldn't uh-huh. be able to do it. Exactly. So how do you go from that poverty life and also poverty mindset? Because when you're living that kind of life, you live in scarcity. Your, your parents carry that to you. You know, you carry on mm. generational trauma. How do you go from being that poor kid to becoming a San Francisco Giants baseball player? Who? I mean, God. I got the answer. He's a giant. <laughs> He's a giant. Yeah. Uh, God had a hand in that for sure. But I, I, um, so at 19, uh, you know, I had a great year. I was junior college player of the year. I, I, um, um, just went bananas. And the, the um, I knew I knew that I was going to get drafted, but I didn't know that I was going to get drafted that high. Um, so I was a giant six pick in 1991. Um, ended up, you know, signing. Uh, you know, they flash, you know, 50, 60 grand at you. It looks like a million bucks, you know. And so um, I signed that day, uh, and basically that was the beginning of the journey. Um, so at 19, in do fact, do you feel like you were gifted or did you train for that? Well, I mean, in college, right, you, you, you got to do what is required, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I had a good work ethic. Um, I, I did have a good, I wasn't like excessive. I wasn't like, uh, um, like a Mark Wahlberg, right? I wasn't up at four. I wasn't a Kobe Bryant personally. Um, I had a ton, I did what I needed to do work wise, um, I I think that so many times people are like, yeah, I was the, you heard these stories. I was the first one there and the last one to leave. Man, I wasn't. Yeah. Right? I showed up when I need to show up. I put in the work I need to put in 
and that God-given talent, mm-hmm. um, once I put myself in a, in a healthy environment, right, like my college coach really knew how to get the most out of me mm-hmm. um, without really destroying me. Gotcha. Um, so that was... Uh, and, well, for the guys out there, what position is it that you were... I played, I played third base. Third base, so you yeah. had to have quick reactions. Quick reactions, cannon for an arm, and uh, and be ready and wear a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, go, and be able to go horizontal, too. Get up and throw to first. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. very cool. I played third base, but Corey League. <laughs> I didn't wear a cup. <laughs> so um, what are the biggest lessons you learned playing baseball professional baseball with the San Francisco Giants organization that benefit you as an entrepreneur? Oh man. So I love talking about this. So, you know, when I was younger, um, cause I just turned 50 last year, as you know. Um, so, um, when I was younger, I was really like a mental midget. I didn't, I like, I just didn't understand all the things now. So, um, like playing baseball, right? They say, uh, control your emotions. Right. Don't let the highs be too high. The lows be too low. You hear this all the time, uh-huh. but yeah, it's terrible for batting. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it, but they don't. But this thing is they don't tell you how to do it. Right. They just tell you like a genetic like don't let the highs be too high. Just stay right here. Yeah. But when you're playing right, you're you, you we're emotional beings. So um, we should be emotional. But what I learned is that, um, you know, as I've gotten older, what I took away from from ball that really helped me uh, in life is, you know, I try to I try to vibe it like a six to a ten, right? So my low is kind of a six. Like I don't get you know ultra depressed. I don't I don't get, but it's a conscious awareness. So I try to like my low is kind of a six. Mm-hmm. My high is a ten. So my so when they say don't let the lows be too low uh, and the highs be too high, I say why not just ride at a high. Right. You don't need to like your low is is determined based upon what you think your low is. Mm. So if you allow yourself to to get pissed off and break a bat, what do you think was your biggest low playing Major League Baseball? Oh, man. I mean, um, shoot. Do you have like a good story that, you know, it was just like one of those moments that you were like, fuck that. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Bling, bling this, you know, (laughs) Um, you know. um, Yeah. I mean, um, so I remember. I remember having to go back to uh, single A. So I, I played single A uh, when I was, uh, I just turned 20. I remember going back. They sent me back because back then, right, it, it, like now, um, um, in fact, when I, so when I was, ni- I'll answer that question. When I was 19 and I signed, the only teenagers in my league that year were a guy named Sean Estes, who played a decade in the big leagues, a guy named Mike Hampton that pitched a decade in the big leagues, a guy named Todd Hollinsworth that was rookie of the year for the Dodgers in the 90s, and me. We were the only teenagers in the league. So back then, you just didn't see guys 19 like at the single-A level. It was it was more rare. Mm-hmm. Johnny Damon, maybe, things like that. So, but, um, so to answer that, um, sorry, I got a little off track. No, no, it's the, okay. The, but the the uh, something that really frustrated me was I remember when in '92 I had a good year. I was like, I'm going to San Jose High A, and then I'll go to Double A. You had to, you you really had to go step by step. Mm-hmm. Like now, 
um, the guys are, so it all comes down to emotional intelligence and <laughs> mm-hmm. maturity. And the guys now, the reason you see so many young guys in the big leagues is two reasons. One is it's the four minute mile syndrome, right? So you've seen this now, um, uh, Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. Um, once he did it, all of a sudden, you know, yeah. th- thousands of people uh-huh. done it now, including high school kids, but no one had done it for ever, ever before. And so it's the same thing with the big leagues now in, in baseball. You see all these young guys because somewhat people, it, now it's done. Right. Mm -hmm. And so but back then, the only ones that you saw was one guy named Ken Griffey Jr. He was the only guy that was went from kind of 1920 straight to the big leagues. A-Rod played a little bit in the minors and went up quick, but you just didn't see it like the minor leagues were were developmental. You had to play at each level, get your 500 at bats, mature and grow and evolve and and get you know, to the big leagues eventually, but they really took you step by step. That was the point of the minor league system. Mm. But what frustrated me was I remember in 92, they sent me back to Clinton, Iowa. It's like Clinton, Iowa. It's, I love people in Clinton, by the way. So, but it (laughs) stunk it. Like, I'm like, Clinton, golly, are you kidding me? I got to go back to, I was pissed. You had played there before or no? Listen, I was so pissed off (laughs) that like, I mean, I remember like, I remember like I even I didn't I, I think I blacked out. I was so pissed off. But I was so mad that we played that that later that day, right, when I got the news, um, we played uh uh we faced uh the big league pitcher, uh who was um he was the closer at the time for the Giants for the major league team. I was so mad, man, I didn't care. I'm like, bring it. Freaking first at bat, I hit a ball. I swear to God, this thing went 500 feet, right? Hit off the key, the top of the batter's eye. And Jack Hyatt and a bunch of the Giants guys were there going, that's my boy right there, right? <laughs> and so, but it was because, I, and so again, those lessons now looking back then, it was like you, you can use that emotion, mm. right, to either destroy you or to or to propel you yeah propel you yeah. and so i think that you know as i've gotten older what i've taken from baseball more than anything is how to how to use that emotion um in a beneficial way if something fires me up um okay i'm gonna prove prove that person wrong or i'm gonna i'm gonna fix that or whatever so i think like having emotional intelligence and having the ability um to respond to things instead of react emotionally mm-hmm. to everything that mm-hmm. happens that was that that's been a probably the biggest game changer in my life is understanding that by responding and thinking before i act instead of just reacting mm-hmm. um really uh <clears throat> could have made a difference when i played mm-hmm. it's from keeping that that um you know kind of just letting go absolutely and just trusting yeah that that takes time you know i'm you know i'm i'm in i'm in my late 30s now and and i've done a lot of emotional intelligence work and a lot of mindset work and i still work on the whole process of not you know not reacting to things and just like taking the time and trying to understand what is this trying to teach me what's the lesson here right and coming from a place of of um peace right 
and integrity instead of being like, oh, responding immediately emotionally to a situation that might present itself. Mm. So it takes a lot of work, right? It we're, does. We continue to evolve and continue to learn that every day. So I have a couple questions here yeah. that um, I think you know are important for our audience to hear. But let me remind everybody who they're listening to, WSQF 94.5 Blink Radio. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is the Epic Talk Show. And I am here interviewing my amazing friend, DJ Thelian, and we're talking about entrepreneurship, leadership, and also his experience as a professional baseball player with the San Francisco Giants. So, what are um, some childhood setbacks that you experienced and how you used them in a positive manner as you got older? Man, I mean, kind of what we alluded to earlier, right, a little bit was, I think, um, so So growing up poor, um taught me to think outside of the box. So as I've gotten older, um, I developed strategies um, and processes in real estate that have literally made me millions of dollars, tens of millions that are outside of the box that other people weren't doing because I'm able to look at things I'm wired. I'm wired to look at things backwards. Give us one strategy. Like, what is one strategy that you think was a key component to allowing you to um, build your business the way you have? Oh, well, uh, so in uh, in 2005, I sold a company, had a little money, and started buying properties out of state in Pennsylvania, Ohio, because they were cheaper. So that, um, to keep the story short, um, I bought a bunch of properties, uh, you know, wasn't a good experience. I flew out there and I'm like, wow, I kind of like it here. So I started, I started picking up my own properties, picked up a couple dozen my first year in 05, 2006. I have a friend that's like, Hey, I want to get some of these properties you're getting. And I'm like, well, shoot, I, I, I spent all my cash, uh, on buying 25 rentals. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have these rentals, but, um, I didn't have any money and cause I used all my cash. Yeah. So I'm like, man, how can I, um, how can I flip a flip a property, right? So there's what's called wholesaling in real estate, meaning you put a property under contract and you assign the contract. So you're selling the contract, not the house. Okay. And it's very popular now. A lot of people are wholesaling, right? So, but back then, um, it was just called assignments. Same thing. So. I said, man, okay, I'm getting. I, I I've got Terry that wants a property. Um, I've got a great property I can get him, but I have no money. And so how can I do this without using my money? I'm buying, I'm getting it from HUD and HUD, the government, they won't allow you to assign a a deal. They'll cancel the deal. So you can't assign it. And I couldn't sell the LLC, which were the only kind of logical ways that if you would ask an attorney, like, how can I do this deal without using my money? They would say, well, you can assign it or you can buy it in the LLC, sell the LLC. Well, they wouldn't let me do that. Right. So I'm thinking, man, there's got to be a way. So my mind kicks into uh, that playing video games with a penny, flicking it in the coin return from the bottom instead of hitting it from the top. So I'm like, there's got to be a way. So I come up with a way. I call Terry and say, hey, I got this deal. So what I did was I put a property under contract on a Friday, didn't put any money down. Or actually, I think we put 500 bucks down, 500 bucks down on Friday. Um, On Monday, I sent him the property, told him, hey, I got you this deal. Um, now I secured it for fifteen thousand from HUD, right? So I got this deal for fifteen thousand. I put five hundred bucks down on Friday. On Monday I call Terry. I sell him the property for fifty thousand, including some like six, seven thousand in rehab. Okay. I said, hey, fifty thousand all in, and so basically um, 
He goes, hey, DJ, great, man. I'm busy. I've got my coffee stores. Um, listen, it sounds great. He didn't even ask for pictures. It was crazy. He said, send me the deal. Tell me where to wire the money. So I hang up the phone. I'm like, huh? Well, shoot, I'm gonna, I need to use the money, right? So I'm going to have him wire the money to me. So what I did was I put the property under contract on Friday, had 500 out. On Monday, I sell him the deal. Now, I haven't closed on it yet, right? Uh -huh. Title searches. On Monday... I sent him a purchase agreement, him buying the property from my LLC for 50K. He signs it and bank wires me 50K that day. So on Friday, I had 500 out. On Monday, I had 50K in my account. Um, on Tuesday, I go in, right? And, I, and going back to childhood programs, money, I grew up, if it sounds too good to be true, it is, right? My grandma, like, un unintentionally pounded that, right? Yeah. So I'm like, man, I've got to be missing something, right? So I pencil this out. I go, okay, I got 50 grand in my account. I'm buying it for 15. Renovations are six, seven. Closing costs are four. I'm into this for 26 grand. I just made 24 grand, had the money in two days and on a $50,000 house. Now, realtor in Pennsylvania at the time where I only did deals, on a $50,000 deal, they're making 1,500 bucks, right? Maybe two grand. So I just made... 10 times that on the same amount of deal so and basically so he wires me the money i have the money the title agent on closing day on say a friday they send the closing docs on my buy and the closing docs on my sell and then i sign both it's called a double closing so they close in my name and then in his name immediately but i used his money to fund my buy wow right so it was it was just a it was just a um so once i did that deal um, he goes, hey, get me another one. And then word spread. And, and I'm like, man, this could be good. By 2007, by mid-2007, I started in 06. I'd sold over 100 properties. And my CPA is like, dude, I didn't even have an LLC, right? I didn't know. He's like, dude, you got to set up an LLC. You're going to get killed on taxes. So I set up an LLC. Um, and then from there, um, you know, obviously, like fast forward now, we've sold over 3,500, um, some uh, bulk uh, packages and things like that. But we've sold over 3,500 and um, have a have a built a little bit of a business out of it. A little bit. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. What advice would you give someone someone who is looking to get into wholesaling? Because I know you have like coaching programs yeah. for all of this. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah the, yeah, the pitfalls. Well, the with, with wholesaling, right? I've spoken at, at tons and tons of events. Um, with wholesalers, the biggest... So the, the challenges that most wholesalers have in real estate um, are, one, uh, mindset, of course, right? It always comes back to... They go, I can't get a deal. I'm having a tough time getting a deal. I'm having a tough time getting a property. It's like, bro, if you got a deal, you ain't even selling that because up here, yeah. right? So the first thing is that what they think the problem is is really not the problem. But but to not talk about that um, is a lot of times people are are trying to do something using the wrong strategy in the wrong market. For example, they're trying to do this uh, wholesale deals in California, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you're spending a ton of time driving for dollars or tens, maybe th at least thousands of dollars a month in postcards, mailers, bandit signs, um, cold callers, right, VAs, you're not doing a deal there, 
right so so they're trying they they get this training right there's a lot of companies that i won't name them but they get this training they pay 50 grand and then they go out and they try it in a market that's not conducive for it to work in that market mm. so it's kind of a one size fits all but the problem with real estate coaching is a lot of t it used to be it's getting better now is it used to be like oh no you can do this anywhere right and it's like dude that will work over here but it sure as heck won't work here in Arizona, in Washington, in Oregon, or whatever, right? If and it could work, but it's not going to work at like you might be able to do a deal in six months, but are you really going to quit your job and retire on, on one deal? Yeah, no. right. So it's not sustainable, it's not predictable, and you can't scale that because it's not you don't have consistent. Uh, what are the best markets right now? Where, where would you say that there's deals and that you can actually find them? You know where, what? My, where are you finding deals? I'm, I, I, think, um, I think so many people, right? I started, um, I got kind of lucky. So I started in Pittsburgh, PA, uh, went over the border uh, into Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, um, Wisconsin's good, right? There's so many Midwest low-cost regions that people don't even realize they can go and get deals right now, go on to Zillow, um, look at the Zillow listings, look at the other on Zillow, and if they look at the other, those are for sale by owner, and just start calling calling them. You can find deals literally just using, if all you did was go on Zillow and look in these low-cost, low-risk, undervalued markets, Cleveland, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Canton, Ohio, Akron, Ohio, Pittsburgh, PA, and then a lot of outskirt areas, mm. right? So... But people can literally go and pick deals right in, right off the market. Now, you do need a good manager. You do need someone on the ground that can oversee things and manage the contractors so they're not running off with money. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, about seven years ago, I started coach Six and a half years ago, I started coaching and mentoring, and that's been great. And so what we do is we show people how to, how to flip the way that I did, right? I call it inverted flipping. So we teach them how to inverted flip where compared to wholesaling, wholesaling is a typically a three, four week close. A lot of deals fall out of wholesaling because the title comes back bad. A um, lot of reasons. The, mm -hmm. the buyer has time kills all deals, right? Grant Cardone says time kills all deals. When your buyer has three, four weeks, another deal comes up mm -hmm. or or they they change their mind or well, the they dog, run out of money. <laughs> the, do, the dog needs braces, <laughs> you know, like crazy stuff happens. Life happens. Yep. And then they go, man, you know what? I can't do the deal. So what we do is we secure one. We make way more than wholesaling. Right. Um, so we get our profits in two to three days as opposed to waiting and having a deal potentially fall out. And once our once an How invest do you make that happen. Well, once, once the way that I just shared with you, with, okay. right? So we they get a property under contract. So the, Gotcha. Yeah, so the first thing to, what we teach is go get the money first. Go line up your cash buyers first. Have, buy, have a good cash buyer conversation. And really, we teach them how to sell at a really... Um, at a really advanced level. Mm. So selling the solution to the problem, not the house. People go, I got a guy, he's got a hundred grand. He wants a property in Cleveland. Dude, he don't want a property in Cleveland. He has four now, he wants to get to 10 so he can bring his wife home. And if he brings his wife home, his life's gonna be so much easier and she's gonna be happier. And I, he's I'm assuming wife home from work. Wife home from work, right? Or husband home from work, could be either, right? So, but if you find out a lot of times wholesalers, they. They're order takers, 
Mm-hmm. Right. So so like they're getting lucky right now because it's a hot market. But I've been saying this for two years when the market flips and it will flip. Um, if wholesalers don't have sell skills and they don't understand how to how to really understand how to sell at a at a high level, sell the solution to the problem, build rapport, create a heart connection. Mm. Where are they at? Where are they trying to get? Why are they trying to get to this point? Because the why is the emotional driver. It's why they're buying. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, if they can say, okay, so you got four deals now, four properties, you're making a thousand a month in passive income. You want to get to five thousand a month in passive income. So I can help you do that. Would you like my help? Yeah, I'd love your help. Okay, and then you future pace them and show them how you're going to do that. So once we get to this many, we're going to do a portfolio refi or whatever the pattern is. Right. You just future pace them and you show them in a simple manner how you're going to get them to that result that they want. And if you can do that now, instead of just put me on your email list, send me a deal when you get it. Now you just created someone that says, I want your help and I'm going to buy 15 properties because if you can get me 15 properties with the strategy and assist me on how to do it with the funds I'm working with. Man, I could bring the wife home and or I could have more time coaching my kids or whatever it is. Right. Now, you just took that person instead of saying, oh, yeah, put me on your email list and send me deals, which most people do. Oh, okay, we'll do that. But if you if you understand how to have a really good high-level conversation with people mm. and really, truly care about them and really, truly want to help them and help them solve a problem that they're trying to get to, which takes a, a you know, obviously, you got to have the the uh, the playbook on how to do that, the instructions. Um Man, you can you can line up your buyers now to buy 10 or 15 properties. Um, and then now you have the buyers lined up. Now you just go out to the marketplace and you find deals that match what they want mm-hmm. to help them get to their goal. And you can sell one property after another instead of just put them on put me on your list, spam me with deals. Mm-hmm. I have no relationship. I don't really know you. You yeah. don't really know me. Yeah. And there's no connection. How do, and, how do, how do you get your leads? Well, I think that's what he's saying. The, Through the so, schooling and the teaching, well, the, you find the person with the big why. Yeah, the the lead. So cash buyers is so easy now. Uh, people can go on to uh, like a prop stream. It's ninety. Get prop stream. It's ninety seven bucks a month. Okay. It's the best freaking software that's ever created. Um, they just sold for like, I don't know, a hundred million bucks or something. Prop stream. Prop stream. It's ninety seven bucks a month. You can literally. Uh, key in, say, say I keyed in Canton, Ohio, or whatever, Canton, Ohio, and I went in and I, I could segment a search. I want to see every person that bought a home cash, that lives out of state, that uh, that bought a single family, duplex, or small multi-unit, um, and they paid cash, right? So now, and just boom, you hit a button, and it literally pulls up all the, pull up thousands of properties. Now, the challenge is, right? is it's now they have to call them they have to text them they have to get in touch with that person and say hey joe this is dj um over at empire real estate builders i see that you bought this property on 15 main street my partner and i um, work with a lot of -of out-of-state investors we'd love to see if we can help you get some more properties are you interested and knowing about deals as we as they come across our desk. Yeah, man, I would love to. It's either F you, you know, take me off your your list. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in in uh, in buying more, which I'll circle back with, or yes, put yeah, I'd love to know about more. They say yes, now you have to have 
you have to have some some instructions, some coaching on how to have that high level sales call so you can line them up to buy multiple deals. If they say no, right? One tip. Most people go, okay, thanks, you know, sorry to bother you. That's the mentality, yeah. right? So if you approach it like, hey, I'm I'm really helping these people, and if they say no, I'm not interested, instead of just bouncing off the phone, what we do is we say, well, hey, John, I really appreciate it. Listen, by any chance, are you interested in selling any properties? No, you flipped the have, whole argument, right? So now the reason they don't want to buy usually is one, they've had a horrible experience, meaning, and they're out of state. So I deal with out-of-state investors, right, predominantly. So because they're far away and I say, hey, I can get you the deal at value add. I can not just get you the deal. I can get you the deal, fix the deal, rent the deal, manage the deal. I can do everything for you and, you, and I've got a high-level team and we've done 3,000 deals, been in business 18 years. They're like, oh my God, like, yes. like you're my, yeah, my you're hero. You're like, my, yeah, yeah, lifesaver. You're yeah. my hero. So when you can when you can do that and add value, mm -hmm. um, and also a lot of people, like um, when you're dealing with the out-of-state investors, right, they need that. They're, so so if they say, no, I'm not interested in, in buying more, the reason is a lot of times is they freaking, it's a headache with the ones they got. They don't want anymore. And they don't want to admit they want to sell. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but if you ask them, hey, by any chance, are you interested in selling any properties you might have um, right now? Uh, yeah, I, I would be, right? Because they, they're... There's so many variables on why out of state is not for everyone, mm -hmm. right? Most people miserably fail and get ripped off investing out of state because they do it, it, all the time. So you just, it's a numbers game. You're going to hit those people that it's a headache. It's a pain in the butt. You know, the husband's yelling at them. The mm -hmm. wife's saying, I told you not to buy They're those damn fear. properties. Yeah. Contractors have ripped them off. Management sucks and's ripping uh -huh. them off. And not like to the, mention natural disaster, rainstorms, yeah. hurricanes. They're like, dude, just get rid of those damn homes that you bought in Cleveland or Ohio or wherever. Like, just, I don't care. So now you call them and there's, no, 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 I'm not interested in buying more. Right? Of course not. Like, I want to sell the ones I have, but people don't take the time and go, hey, by chance, are you interested in selling any? Um, we just picked up, um, we're in the process now, we have uh, five, six that we're closing this week, um, nine more that we, we're working to put under contract right now. Um, the guy's out of state, has had them for a while, got a postcard, right? So postcards is another way that we pick you're, up. You're sending postcards. Yeah, we, yeah. Postcard, we postcard mail out of state investors that paid cash in in these low cost regions now this pop stream it gets it from the tax rolls i suppose right? tax records you can you can literally what's called skip tracing so you can get all the phone numbers mm -hmm. out of prop stream you can search which is sometimes not available on the tax roll oh no yeah so the pop stream is doing something marvelous prop stream is great and you can mail postcards uh right out of prop stream right that the, you select you create your postcard once and then you maybe change a thing or two and you can send out a thousand postcards in two minutes. Is it is PropStream only for real estate, or could somebody like me with Epic Talks use it as well mm. to let people know about you know a, an amazing business? No, no, it's only it's only like real estate. Gotcha. Real estate records, home sales, and you can look at when they bought it and what they paid for it. Um, you can now see Melissa just gave uh, a pop streamer the idea to go do this for the super <laughs> billion. She's going to create her own yeah. called Epic Stream. Yeah, Epic Stream. Epic Stream. So how were you able to build a multi-million dollar real estate investment company from scratch, having no knowledge 
of, uh, of real estate prior to, um, to 2005? Man, the, the simple answer, Melissa, is just um, do the work. Do the. It, it really is. Hey, that one yeah. step, no do more, the, no less. No, the next steps. Yeah, deal. every everybody wants. Um, you know, they want the, the something fa- from nothing. The fast <laughs> pill. They want to. You know, one of my one of my really dear friends. Um, hopefully, he'll see this. Carlos Reyes. So Carlos oh, came. Carlos, yeah, Carlos came from uh, Mexico. Was smuggled into the country twice, actually. Um, and he got to a point. He's like, I'm putting out banner signs. For and I've got my own story, but his is better. I'm putting out banner signs in Arizona, meaning you know, I'll buy your house, kind of you know, those yellow signs. Okay, I'm gonna go out, put them out Friday. I gotta go take them down on on by Sunday because the code will come and strip them, and I can't afford to go buy another hundred signs. So he would literally week one, bet hundred signs out all over the city, nothing took him down. Week two, again, he did this for six months, it's 24 times with nothing. Finally did his first deal, right, years ago. Now he's built a multi-million dollar company and he's one of the best coaches, trainers, guys in the industry, right? Very very sought after speaker. And it's like, but most people will do it once. Uh, doesn't work. Yeah. Right? And the reason, and this is a key, you have to have a such a strong why. Like, why, why am I going to do this? Um, and if someone's done it before you, I think he learned from Cody Sperber. Well, Cody said, dude, just do this. It works. Right. He didn't say it's going to work if you do it once. He said, this is if you do this, it Enough. will work. So then he went out and did it and just stuck to it. And so people these days, right, there's so much information. They don't need more information. They need great a great mentor, great training, and they need instruction over information. They need someone to go, dude, if you do this, this, and this, and only this, you will do deals. Now, you might have to do it 500 times, right? But you'll, it, it's, it's like being a mortgage broker, a realtor. You're building a pipeline. Mm-hmm. So you have to build that pipeline. And sometimes you'll do a deal quicker than others. But everyone's like, oh, I just need to do a deal. It's a, it's a lack mindset. Mm-hmm. And this is why so many wholesalers mm-hmm. get stuck because they're they're like focused on doing a deal instead of doing the income producing activities that are going to result in the deal and that's mm-hmm. what they need to focus on yeah and and staying consistent and, and like you said people try think something five six seven times and they're not making any money and they just give up you have to stay consistent plus you don't get a blueprint for success no you got to put yourself out there no and, you don't get a perfect tenant that pays on time you, you know don't what get I mean? you don't get uh an honest uh Analyzation of the roof, it's le- it's lesser or more than they really need. Hey, and, ba- and and going back to baseball, right? What did baseball teach me? Oh, you went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and two errors? You're hitting third today. Good luck. Like, like get over f- it. Get over it, <laughs> right? Like, and so knowing that I've got to go play every single day, no matter what the previous day was like, I think that was probably like I just thought of that. That was really instrumental for me. Um, understanding that I just gotta show up every day. If I work, if I work out of the house, maybe on Friday I'll kick it in some sweats and a cap. But I'm like, you know, slacks and a shirt. Even if I'm working out of of the home office, um, I'm I'm ready to go. I got my uniform on, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta show up every day. Um, it's a compound effect, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, absolutely. You can't, it's like going to the gym. You're better off working out for 20 minutes a day, seven days a week. And 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 watch what happens over six months, then then going to the gym once a week 
for two hours. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Absolutely. And so it's just, it's the same thing in real estate and any business is just, just putting that time in and, mm-hmm. you know, over time, if you just stick with it, there's no shortcut to success, whether it's in uh, in real estate, whether it's when you're getting into the whole crypto and NFT blockchain oh. space, whether you're starting events, whether you know, you're know you opening up a store, there's no shortcut to success. There's no shortcut to fitness. You literally have to put in the work. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, make sure my, you my pick immigrant, something. My immigrant father said it best. He goes, hey man, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He goes, if you own a business and expect to, to work less, you are really done. Mm. And you're going to lose all your money. So if you're going to go into business for yourself, assume it's going to be hard and assume you have to work more than the competitor or else the competitor will win. So you just keep on working hard and all of a sudden luck pops up. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. Because you're there, you're watching, like you're in the game. You Like you said, you're ready for action. And sometimes the opportunity is in the least likely place, but you're watching the whole time. If you're not watching and you're watching TV instead... These ideas will never come up. Yeah, and for people to say, you know, oh, I don't have time or like you're not making time. Yeah, not making time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, You think about proactive people that the three of us are. We still know the time we've wasted doing this, doing that, you know. So imagine those who are not even proactive. They're wasting a lot of time. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Because I feel in a regular day that there's down times where I'm saying, well, this has been a last two hours have been really unproductive i've done absolutely nothing and oh you almost want to play catch up by yeah. natural sp- speak yeah but you when you open your eyes again you'll see something or something will come to your to your attention like in my business since i i own a hardware store you can imagine the fires are burning on a regular basis everybody comes into my store with a problem but who am i going to speak to in the store unrelated to my store that could take me to the other level like I told you about Senor Bick yes I, I seized the moment he looked at me I looked at him uh, he had a cigar I had a cigar in a holder literally in a holder in my golf cart he was smoking his that enough was me for me to engage with him well it turned out to be yeah the, the Bick family and sure enough what did I ask him what is it do you all do you know other than manufacturing pens and pens and he looked at me like well uh I would like to buy your store. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Now I know anytime and any place, anytime I want to sell. There's somebody there. Boom. Mm-hmm. So, so DJ, um, I don't want to get too much off track here. Uh, I have a couple more questions before um, we end the show. Um, I know you have a lot of amazing things going on right now. And uh, what are some adventures that you, you're working on at the moment um, that you're excited about? Or well, even in the future, in the near future. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, so I just talked to Jared Yellen yesterday. So I have a, I have a, um, a, a really cool. Um, we'll call it a utility, um, an app that I'm building with Jared Yellen and Grant Cardone um, that is really going to revolutionize the property management world and make it easier for property management companies to. Um, it's going to save them uh, large ones, two, three, four thousand calls uh, a month by the automations and things that we're going to, um, I can't say too much uh, about it, yeah. but, but, um, so that's really exciting is, is getting this app and this utility built, uh, with those guys who are, you know, awesome people. Um, and then, uh, as far as the real estate side, um, just continuing to, you know, I think that it's so easy to, when you're good at something. And I realized this in the last year, when you're good at something and you've won, 
when you've wanted something so long one way, um, it's easy to, it's easy, or a couple ways, it's easy to keep doing those things, which I think you should do, right? If you're winning. But I think also is that can trap you as in your involvement, your growth as a person. So um, for me, um, I've branched out and we're working on uh, building a, uh, apartment building portfolio. Um, our target is to get a thousand doors in the next 12 months, um, which I think we can do easily. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's just knowing that like, okay, I've done this so long. Um, but keep doing it if it's mm -hmm, working, mm -hmm. but then what else can I do, um, to challenge myself, to grow myself, to, to get out, to get uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right. And do something that, that can get me maybe uh, grow my portfolio faster. Mm -hmm. And, um, so things like that is, Hey, keep doing what you, what you're winning at. But I think to evolve or grow, if people want to is realize, be, be careful that you don't just don't get comfortable doing that because it's working when you could be doing so much more. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? Stretching yourself. Cause once you, once you have that money flowing in, you know how much is coming in and then you're used to just getting comfortable. What's going to stretch you? What idea can you implement to, uh, to 10x your business and the people in your life as well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and being of service to the world. Cause I know that by you coaching people and you doing these deals, you, you're changing people's lives as well. Yeah, I mean, I just I just had a text literally yesterday from a guy uh, one, that I mentored for many years, Jay, and he said, "I just want you to know how much you've uh, changed my life, or, or so, something like how much how much you changed impacted my life, and how much I appreciate you." And those are the those are the things because you know a lot of people they're not gonna when you're coaching right in the coaching world, mm -hmm. um, you got to realize, especially if you're at scale. Most people are going to quit. Most people aren't going to do the work. And a chunk of the people are going to badmouth you. Mm -hmm. Well, they said this and they were going to do this yeah. and they said that. And and so, you know, it's their own under yeah. yeah, it's their own underperformance. <laughs> now you're paying for their and that's, a, and that's a and that's a habit that they probably are doing in all the other areas of mm -hmm. life they, they get fired they're losing their job their their relationship is messy victim their mode. job is messy victim, victim. victim. Yeah. it's their fault it's their and until you take you full know, responsibility darren hardy the number one thing you could do is take 100 percent accountability for anything so for me right even if it's not my fault I would say, hey, you know what? I even this guy that called you say, hey, this guy Sean, head of code in the city we buy. Uh, he called me this morning to apologize. Literally, hey, I know these nine properties. Um, you guys had sold, and they not your responsibility. And the a lady at their office said, hey, um, you need to pay on these, or we're not doing anything else for you. And and I told my team, hey, I'm not going to bust their chops and and pound them right with an attorney or something. Just do, hey, let's help them. Obviously, they're stressed out and they don't, you know, have the like. Let's just help them and do it. He literally thanked me this morning. And literally was saying, oh, yeah, my, I, I think I need to fire this employee. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. Right. I love that lady. I'm just saying like, like just I think a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. Mm. But don't I said, Sean, you never have to worry about me. Like, just call me, you know, just call me and talk to me, man. And like. You know, we're happy to help. I've got a great team. I'm not a fortune teller. I yeah. just need yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, we got a great team, even if it's not our responsibility and we're asked to do it. I'm not the one that, to type to go, that's not my, no, 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 that's your responsibility, right? It's like, hey, team, 
if we can do this in an hour, let's knock it out and get it behind. I'm, I'm a big, big advocate on getting things behind me mm-hmm. um, because in my in my past, I've let things pile up. Yeah, and it festers. Yes. And, it, and it festers. And then you and then you don't want to look at it. And you don't want to address and, yeah. it. It's like, oh, man. You don't want to face it. Yeah. You don't want to face it. But yep. you but you just have to. And you realize when you start facing those things, man, that was so... It, why didn't why did I put that off? It was so easy, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's empowering too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, DJ, we're here at WSQF 94.5 FM at the Epic Talk Show. I just want to thank you so much um, for being here today. Yeah, Before thank you. we leave really quick, can you share a little bit with us how we ended up meeting and how we're still connected? Oh my god, yeah. So so uh you and I met um at you and I actually met. Um, I moved here uh, from Los Angeles. Uh, decided like, hey, it's you know I'm going to be 50. Um, and real quick, I'll, sh- I'll this is a life lesson for people. Um, I my mom. We retired my mom <clears throat> April 1st, 2010. She died April 30th, right in 2010. So we retired April 1st, 2010 at 62. 30 days later, heart attack, dead instantly. Um, and what and at that day I remember saying my, she was our hero right but that I day I told my brother dude that is not gonna be me I'm not gonna do something that I don't want to do and look up one day and be 62 well unfortunately I was I in a, in a in a relationship I was doing just that right so I'm like wow I'm gonna be looking up another 10 years and still in this same you position, know in yeah. the same position so I decided like um uh, a year ago that I was going to move to Miami from Los Angeles, uh, made the plans in two months, packed up my car, drove here, and I was here like a week, and I was with one of my best friends, JJ, and JJ and Brian Breach, and they said, hey, um, we're going to this event. I think maybe they called you when we were hanging out and said, hey, um, uh, you got to meet this gal. She runs the biggest baddest events in miami they're called epic talks we're speaking at it i'm like i'm down i need to meet people right i want to meet people so um i went to epic talks we met become friends you came to my my 50th um birthday got to meet my brother my son everything so yeah very cool familiar now and and now he continues coming to every single event and he ended up finding a beautiful girlfriend at one of the Epic Talks dinners. Yeah, I did. She's I did. amazing. Her name is Wow, Kristen. she loved third basemen? Yeah. <laughs> baseball players. Baseball players. Baseball players. She baseball. is truly epic. I love her. They are perfect for you know, each other. You don't understand what I meant, uh, third base. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sorry, that was one of those. <laughs> no, we went, we went right. We've cleared the bases at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Walk off home run. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, no, it's been such a pleasure, um, you know, having you uh, in the Epic Talks community. People love you and Kristen so much. I love your energy. He always shows up on time, always there being of service. And, and then we, and, and we, and we help each other, right? Yeah. Like I connected you with James Malinchek. Yeah. Um, I, I helped out uh, Mondo the other day. Um, who needed uh, some guidance uh, on on contractual stuff? Literally took about I don't know forty minutes out of my day, um, and help and because I have a lot of templates and and wrote him a, a contract uh, with his stuff that he can use for his business. Nice. And I just feel like, right, like you were saying, it's easy to look and go, man, I didn't get stuff done. But I think is is. It, that's just going to happen some days, and yeah. I, I've gotten to the point I'm okay. But as long as we're sowing good seeds, seeds yes, and absolutely. and helping people um it's not always going to be come back in money exactly but it's gonna it's gonna come back yeah it's yeah, you, uh, you ultimately others. create a huge amount of shade that other people can sit under yeah, and yeah because that's he, what's might, important. he might go now 
oh, hey, uh, you know, hey, uh, DJ helped me or he hears about or he wants now he's talking to me about and doing some investing in real estate. Yeah. But it just even if it doesn't come from that person, I've learned that it will come from things Something will start else. showing up yeah. and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, yeah. it came from this seed over here. The that universe you rewards good people. Yeah. So, DJ, uh, before we end here, where can people find you? Instagram, uh, probably the easiest, uh, at D period, J period, T-H-I-E-L-E-N, Thielen. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, in my Instagram bio, um, there's a contact where they can click and text me. Um, there's there's a, a link in my bio that has uh, articles and, and all kinds of stuff on myself and our company. Um, and uh, that's the easiest way. Or just, you know, shoot me a DM on Instagram. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, thank you so thank much. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful day. Bye. <laughs> Yay! That's a wrap. <laughs>